Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hiring Success Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Um, an absolute pleasure to be on someone else's podcast for a change. So really yeah. looking to our conversation. <laughs> yeah, that must be so funny for you to like be in the other seat. Um, it, makes a, start... it makes a pleasant change. <laughs> are you going to start interviewing me? Because I am not uh, prepared for that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, you can, you can very much ask the questions. It's fine. Awesome. Awesome. So Matt, you are many things. As you mentioned, you're a podcaster, you're an author, you're a consultant, strategist, and I know you have a new book coming out. So I thought maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tiny bit of background to me. I run the Recruiting Future podcast, which uh, I'm, is, is now up to 200 episodes. Um, so I uh, have been doing that for quite some time. Uh, I also work. Thank you. I also work as a consultant helping employers with innovation in talent acquisition. Um, and as you say, I am also an author. Um, I co-write with my very good friend, Mervyn Dinan. Um, our first book, Exceptional Talent, came out a couple of years ago now. And we're working on the follow-up, which will be out in early 2020, which is called Digital Talent. Um, and it's all about the talent aspect of digital transformation. So uh, companies who are going through a digital transformation, what kind of talent do they need? What kind of skills do they need in their business? And how mm -hmm. do they um, uh, acquire and develop that talent and those skills? That's so exciting and also very interesting. It sounds like it's kind of a continuation, but um, could you explain a little more? Is it um, a break from the other book or is it more of building on top of what you've already written? I think it's, uh, it's kind of more of a focusing in. So the, the first book, Exceptional Talent, we looked at all of the things that um, the, the sort of very best practices that companies were doing to um, attract, retain and develop exceptional talent so people who mm -hmm. are going to really move their business forward with this book we are focusing just on digital talent and you know kind of all aspects of uh, all all aspects of that so it's mm -hmm. it's it's along similar lines but it's uh, it, it sort of builds on the first book but focuses very very much on an area that um you know for many if not most employers is um you know one of their biggest problem areas at the moment so yes. as we know you know, the vast majority of companies, if not every company, is going through uh, some kind of digital transformation at the moment. And we're really conscious that lots of things are written and spoken and recorded about digital transformation. But mm -hmm. when we kind of did our research, we found that very little, um, if anything, um, is ever said about the talent that's needed to, to make that happen. So we wanted to change that with this book. I've been running a, sort of a series of interviews with uh, people on the podcast in parallel, which we're using as, um, we're using as case studies. Um, mm -hmm. And it, you know, very much along the lines of the first book, but very, very specifically about digital. Okay, yeah. I think that's going to be... Um... It's so exciting for a lot of people because it is kind of a point of need where, like you said, there's a lot of information out there, but a lot of it's, you know, shorter and um, kind of just pinpointed. And to have that overall scope and the research that goes into a book, I, I'm very excited for. So that's really cool. Um, speaking of exceptional talent, 
Uh, one thing that I think is really interesting is the way that you kind of define exceptional talent and how it's so much looking towards future growth and potential, but how challenging that definition is for people who are used to looking at past experience when they're thinking about hiring people. So I was wondering if you could kind of explain to us your definition of exceptional talent and um, kind of the challenges that go with that definition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you, uh, you, you sort of nailed it in your, in your description there. It's uh, um, people who can uh, join an organization and, and really move that organization forward. Um, and that's more to do with, uh, you know, attitude, attitude mm-hmm. to learning, um, you know, attitude to uh, the value they can bring the company that it is about past experience. Um, and I think when we wrote, we wrote the first book, that was uh, a um, reasonably uncommon way of thinking. Uh, you know, we found some brilliant companies who, who, who were thinking like that and they were looking at, um, you know, how people, what the, the potential that people, that, that people had within their, uh, you know, the environment that they had to offer um, mm-hmm. rather than you know, what someone may have done in a different environment in the past. Um, but it was kind of few and far between. And I think, um, you know, coming back to it a couple of years later, um, you know, and looking at it for, for, for this book, um, what I've noticed is it's much more widely accepted as an idea. So, uh, you know, a lot of innovative employers that I'm speaking to, um, you know, ha- have this as a as an aspiration um, in terms of the type of people they should be um, they should be hiring. And uh, you know, I've got found some some great companies and some and some great quotes about how. Um, and I suppose particularly with digital talent, where mm-hmm. um, you know there is a, a just a massive shortage of people with the right past experience to do some of the jobs um, and also such a rapid evolving of the skills that are necessary so mm-hmm. uh, you know someone a business might hire you might find six to 12 months later they need completely new skills skills that haven't even been invented at the point they were hired so um, from that perspective that that kind of outlook that attitude um, is is kind of absolutely crucial and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, you know more companies are aspiring to hire like that um, I suppose the pr- problem um, is within the recruitment process itself because traditionally mm-hmm. recruitment processes are, are built around um, CVs and uh, you know ways of doing interviews um, that just examine someone's uh, you know someone's kind of past past history so mm-hmm. you know that's a challenge and I think the other thing uh, you know that's important to you know to mention is um, you know sk- existing skills are important um, if you're looking for uh, someone who needs needs uh, to have PhD level data science skills, then you do need to hire someone with a PhD in data science because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it may well t- take too long to, too long to train them um, in, in terms of being able to add value to the business. So I suppose the, the extra thing um, that we're saying now is um, really evaluating whether you actually need someone with that level of skill. Um, you know, sometimes companies will put down uh, that they need uh, people with degree degree level experience because they've not even thought about it. They're just using mm-hmm. it as a, as, a, as a filter or because they always have. So, um, you know, it's really important. It's really important that you have people with, you know, with, with the right skills in the business, but it's, it's, um, it's important to evaluate exactly what those skills are, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether people can develop those 
on the on the on the on the job and or how much they need to they need to bring with them so i think as a, as a way of thinking it's kind of it, it's really interesting to see how it's evolving and how it's starting to work in practice yeah i'm curious uh i've see employers often um, kind of inflate the experience or degree necessary to do a certain job, maybe on purpose, because they're like, oh, if we could get someone without experience, it wouldn't hurt. Are you kind of saying that that kind of thinking on a job, job advertisement could actually be hurting the chances of recruiting kind of like on time and on budget? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, employers need to think really, really carefully about what they're actually, um, what they're actually asking for and whether they're asking for that for a valid quantifiable reason Mm -hmm. or whether they're asking because they've always asked or because someone who is good within the organization has that background. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that if you get someone with the same background, they're going to be, you know, performing the same way as as another individual Um, or whether it's just um, they're using it as some kind of filter to cut down um, on the the, the kind of the level of um, applications that they have. Um, mm-hmm. So I think employers need to think really, really carefully about it. I mean, you know, I can think of an example of someone I was working with um, and a few months ago they were, they were hiring for someone and they were insisting that um, this person had a degree, not just a degree, but a degree from a Russell Group university and um mm-hmm. you know when i challenged that they couldn't actually come out with they couldn't come up with a single reason as to why <laughs> as to why they were asking that it was just um it, it, it they they just thought that you know it, it it would guarantee them a certain type of person and obviously that's not uh that's not the case that's not the case that's not the case uh, um that's not the case at all mm-hmm. um yeah, that's so that's so interesting. These, you know, things that we're kind of like automatically putting into job ads or requests, maybe because we always have or because of an assumption, but it's not Yeah, always- and I think yeah, and I I, I, I forgot what I was going to say next and I've just remembered it. So Yay. sorry to interrupt. <laughs> um the uh, I think the other thing is is when we're talking about digital transformation and digital disruption, um, I've interviewed kind of a number of sort of experts and commentators on digital transformation who don't necessarily work in the talent space. Um, but interestingly, they've all pretty much said the same thing, which is if you want to disrupt and transform an organization, you need people who have um, disruptive and transformational thinking. Um, and they may not come from um, the conventional, well, they won't come from the conventional background that companies always are already, um, you know, always hire from. So I think that's another sort of key factor that actually, you know, if you want people who are going to drive change um, within an organization and disrupt the way the organization thinks, then, uh, you know, you, you want people who, who may have had a, uh, you know, a, a, a perhaps a more unconventional background to, mm-hmm. to what you're used to hiring. So, uh, I, yeah, I think the, the key thing here is to really, really think about, um, you know, exactly what is required for the role and, uh, you know, not try and sort of, you know, short, shortcut that or just do what you've always done because, um, you know, in, in a very, very competitive uh, market for talent, you're, you're not going to get, you're not going to get what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Um, speaking of disrupting, 
I was uh, listening to an interview that you did recently where you were talking about early on in the internet, you were trying to um, convince actually photographers and creatives that this was kind of the future um, of how their medium was going to be distributed. And um, I was just wondering what that process was like and how you kind of pitched the internet. <laughs> this is the, the story of my career is I make things difficult for myself I'm always trying to uh you know rather than existing in the now I'm always sort of trying to persuade people uh you know they have to change for what's uh, for what's coming what's coming next and uh you know it's uh, it served me pretty well but it's given me lots of gray hair along the along the way um so yeah this would have been back in the mid 1990s um, and uh, I worked for a photographic agency that was actually owned by Bill Gates, and it was pushing the boundaries in terms of um, digital distribution of photography and also digital rights of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this job where I had to go and sell um, this digital distribution platform to um, uh, big traditional creative advertising agencies, and um, I had to walk into creative departments that didn't have a computer and try and who'd never seen the internet and uh, <laughs> persuade them that uh, that this was the this this was the way um, this was the way forward. Um, and it's really interesting because I think it's a great um, you know barometer of what transformation and disruption is now. There, um, you know, there were a certain amount of um, uh, you know sort of people who are very good at their job but very close-minded about the future and very protective about the way that they um the way that they worked and mm-hmm. uh you know they kind of resisted change till uh you know change became absolutely inevitable um but yeah. then there were some brilliant people who who really saw the potential in this and were prepared to put up perhaps with some of the shortcomings because you know uh mm-hmm. you know back then the internet was very slow and trying to download uh, photos over it could take some time um, mm. but they were people who kind of saw that this was um, this was the future and if you kind of look back now this is this is how all photography is bought and sold so um, photography was one of the earlier um, industries to to be disrupted by the internet and I think uh, you know I, I think that's interesting from the perspective of companies going through um, you know digital disruption now to you know whether that's new business models or AI or automation or whatever's kind of going on it's um you know it's really important to find those those people who are open-minded and up for experimenting and comfortable with um ambiguity and things that perhaps Mm -hmm. don't work quite properly as they uh, don't work as well as they could because they can see the overall vision of where of where things are going whereas Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if people are sort of closed-minded and trying to sort of protect um, the way their job has always been, um, you know, they're the ones who perhaps find that their job no longer no longer exists in the future. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's kind of been really, it's really interesting to see how humans kind of cope in those circumstances. And it's sort of been repeated time and time again, firstly with the internet and now with, um, you know, everything that's um, happening in the way of um, uh, automation and artificial intelligence and the, the latest sort of te- technological developments that we're, that we're living through. Mm-hmm. That's, that's such a good point that you kind of need to find your partners in transformation, the people that will be evangelists and like really get on board early. I'm curious, 
bringing this to the now, if there's an idea that you've been pitching around that gets you laughed out of the room or people just don't believe is on the horizon at all, but you really see as the future. Yeah, that's interesting. Probably at, at least 60% of everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, the, the big one for me at the moment, um, particularly when it comes to recruitment, is um, recruiting automation. And I think there's lots of interesting aspects to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can look at it from a, um, you know, almost what seems like a science fiction perspective where you have um, literally have robots uh, interviewing people mm-hmm. um, all the way down to some of the things that are practically happening at the moment with people using chatbots and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm kind of really interested in recruiting automation. I think it is an absolute inevitability um, that it's going to happen because mm-hmm. um, automation is occurring in almost every industry and uh you know an organization as a whole is not gonna um you know not automate its recruitment because its recruiters are arguing against it so um it's something that's going to happen and i think that um you know the, the smartest recruiters out there and the smartest talent acquisition teams out there um are the people who will be leading that change mm-hmm. um rather than the ones arguing against it because i think they have the opportunity to shape it um in a way that's good for good for good for them their team and also good for talent acquisition as a whole um mm-hmm. rather than resisting it and having it shaped by um you know procurement or the board or finance or whoever um whoever it might be so um i think um you know it's not something that's getting me laughed out of the room but i think that mm-hmm. there are people who do not believe in its inevitability um and it is absolutely inevitable that um a lot of talent acquisition will be automated in the future mm-hmm. and what's your take on recent news stories of the swedish interviewer robot and the car that was doing interviews. Um, We're all kind of used to this automated maybe scheduling or um, different kind of more admin tasks. But what's your take on these kind of human tasks being taken over? So um, I've actually met the Swedish interviewing robot. Um, I actually actually had it on the (laughs) podcast. Um, Did they hire you? It's interesting as well because... Uh, no, <laughs> alas, alas not. Um, I didn't, my Swedish wasn't good enough because it's only, it's only actually doing proper interviews in Swedish at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think it's interesting because it, uh, it kind of highlights the issue really because that, um, you know, the reports and the news around that robot have been, um, you know, very divisive. Lots of people have come out and called it ridiculous and said that um, this is gimmicky and this is not where, not where recruiting's going and, and all this kind of stuff. And other people have um, have kind of embraced it. And I think with these things, you have to look beyond, um, you know, look beyond the headlines and look beyond the the obvious. And um, when you explore, particularly the interviewing robot, and look at why it's been created, it's been created to, and it's been, you know, it's, um, it's created by a recruitment company in Sweden. So it's not a case of... Um, some nicely funded VC backed um, entrepreneurs um, from outside the industry coming in and claiming to disrupt recruitment. It's something that's actually come from within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the strategy behind it is to remove bias in the interviewing process. And I don't think anyone um, would argue with with that as a strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, whether um, a talking head, slightly creepy um, <laughs> robot 
is the way to do that um you know we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see but um i think it's really important to actually evaluate the the stories behind uh you know behind the kind of clickbaiting headlines to, to see what's going on and i think what's interesting to me about that is um you know the objective of reducing bias in the in the hiring process it's, and it's mm-hmm. something that everyone talks about but actually there are very few um uh, kind of effective solutions to it at the moment so mm-hmm. um you know if the solution to it is as radical as that then that's the solution to it and i think that mm-hmm. um you know we have to give these things a, a chance and see uh you know see how people react to them and see if that's what they're going to deliver on them and for for that particular robot you know very very early days um at the moment it's not kind of uh, you know it, it's not kind of um it's not in the mainstream yet yeah Definitely not wide use yet, but very, very interesting to see it starting to crop up and very cool that you pointed out that it is coming from within the industry, which um, people don't always peg HR and recruitment as, you know, the most forward thinking, but I, I think that shows that it's kind of changing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, um, you know, the good thing for me is I think we're seeing more innovation coming from inside the industry now. And I think, um, you know, over the sort of last five or 10 years, um, a lot of the innovation has come from outside the industry. Um, and you hear that kind of, um, you know, that cliche of uh, recruitment is broken and we're going to fix it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, time and time again with um, um, sometimes solutions that just seem absolutely, absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes they, they, you know, sometimes they do stick, but um, it is, it is good that more um, innovation is coming from within talent acquisition now from people who, who, you know, who understand the issues and mm-hmm. uh, also understand what's going to work and what's going to, um, you know, what's going to be adopted. Yeah. That is a really good point. What's actually going to work? Not that we don't love to see some crazy things happen and and see what what sticks, but oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> life would be very boring without the uh, without the crazy stuff. Yeah, without the robot head. Um, changing gears uh, for our last question. As we mentioned before, you have your own podcast, the Recruiting Future Podcast. You get to talk to a lot of cool people. And um, I was just hoping for a little dose of inspiration from you. If you could tell us about one of your interviews that really just touched you that we should all go listen to right away after this podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're asking me to choose. <laughs> That's always... Um, uh, it's it doesn't always really- mean that the other ones aren't great. <laughs> <laughs> it's always really, really hard to choose because um, mm-hmm. um, I, I've been so lucky to have so many great uh, so many great guests on the show. Um, I'm just going to pick one from outside the industry to be. You're spinning so the wheel fair, and just picking one at random. <laughs> yeah, just to be fair to 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 you know all my talent acquisition colleagues who've been on the show. Um, so uh, we were sort of talking about digital transformation and digital disruption at the um, at the start of the show. So I would, if people are more interested in exploring that topic further, I would have a listen to my interview with Tom Goodwin. Um, Tom is EVP of innovation for Zenith. And he's kind of a well-known 
um, commentator on LinkedIn on all things mm -hmm. technology and marketing. And I was kind of delighted to have him on the show. And he, was he talks about his take on talent and digital transformation. He was the, um, you know, he, he was the one who was talking about, um, you know, having to hire, uh, you know, people who are disruptive in order to be disruptive. Mm -hmm. um, so th that's the one I'm going to pick. But okay. um, the other 199 uh, are all worth listening to as well. Awesome. Well, we're all going to go listen to Tom now and we're very excited for it. And thank you so much for joining us today. That was so nice to talk to you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show.